0: Lock Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education, and a variety of other disciplines, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. So I'm excited today. It's a beautiful day out, and I am going to be talking to someone who is a licensed clinical psychologist, executive coach, and an organizational consultant. He's going to be here to discuss his new book called Conscious Accountability, Deepen Connections, Elevate Results. So I'm pleased to welcome and introduce to you Dr. David Tate. Welcome, David.
1: Brian, it's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Well, thank you. So, David, um, I know that you are the co-founder and CEO of a uh, consultancy group that is called Conscious Growth Partners, and you you help organizations through uh, leadership, help them become uh, better leaders, and you've done you great uh, both credentials and accolades to your credit, um, having been uh, uh, part of the Yale Greenberg World, World Fellows Program where you coach global leaders um, and so forth. So I'm I'm just interested um, I, just to get to know you a little bit first is about um, how you started this. So I know your, your your background is in clinical psychology. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you kind of pivoted to uh, doing this work and coaching um, leadership?
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. you know I, I It goes all the way back, believe it or not, to junior high school, where I was like the kind of kid who ended up in homeroom kind of or on the bus, like listening to other kids you know talk talk to me about you know the problems they had with their parents or the issue they had with their girlfriend or whatever it might be and i uh-huh. didn't necessarily say much but just did a lot of listening and um you know people would say wow thank you so much for listening and i feel like well i didn't really do anything but you know it turns out hey there's a profession around this you know you uh-huh. can you can help people by by virtue of your being and so that got me you know way back then on the, on with the idea that hey i could become a psychologist one day mm-hmm. so that was my goal and um and I, became, I, I finished my training. I came to Yale, and I I um, kind of decided I wanted to pursue a, a research track. I was doing that for a couple of years and doing some really interesting work with, um, you know, juvenile, kids in the juvenile justice system and dealing with, uh, you know, domestic violence and also, um, you know, working with people with HIV-AIDS. So a lot of, like, important community-based work. But what I was finding was that I was um, – I wasn't feeling the passion in terms of, like, just wanting to jump out of bed in the morning. And, uh-huh. you know, what I, what, I, what I discovered was, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to spend my time doing the things you need to do to be successful as a researcher, which is mm-hmm. publishing papers and writing grants. Yeah, um, yes. that, absolutely. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't my thing. So mm-hmm. um, at, that, I, at that point, I kind of pivoted and started um, my own uh, a clinical practice. And I um, did a lot of networking, and I, I um, came across a gentleman who was doing family business consulting. So uh, he was a psychologist. I'm so,
0: also. So, I'm he- so is this where, is it, as, you, as it sounds, that people who are in a family business, you were consulting to help them have better businesses?
1: Exactly. Figuring out okay. how to get along with each other how to, how to, um, and also, um, you know, it, you know, there's this popular TV show now called Succession, and um, a lot of family businesses have challenges when it comes to transitioning a business from one generation to the next. It's, it's actually kind of a complicated transition, and so it's a, it's a time that, um, you know, enterprising families often reach out for help around how do we do this and and really stay connected as a family. So, um, yeah, so like leveraging my background in family therapy, I kind of, kind of ventured into that space and as I got further in, I found, um, the need for coaching, um, like leaders, especially say like leaders of the next generation who were trying to prepare themselves, um, to, to one day, you know, run the firm, um, and so ended up getting into executive coaching. And um, if you're working with a leader, you're often working with their team in some fashion as well. So um, ended up also then doing a lot of work with teams. Um, And over time, you know, broadened my focus from family enterprise to, um, you know, lots of different businesses that are really going through transitions, going through growth and really trying to figure out how to get their human dynamics, right. So um, that's, that's that sort of become the focus over time.
0: Yes, yes, makes a lot of sense. You know, and and it sounds like uh, you do um, quite a bit of kind of culture and climate work um, in, in organizations where um, you, you know, individuals decide what kind of business they want to have, not just the choice between am I manufacturing airplanes or bicycles, but what what do we want the organization to feel like? Would That, that sounds um, close to what you're, you're talking about?
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, um, we, I think about culture as, you know, um, was it Peter Drucker who said culture eats strategy for breakfast? And, mm-hmm. and I think he said, he said that because not because strategy isn't important, but strategy is kind of like the direction you're trying to go. But, but culture is like the wind. And it can either be a headwind if it, or a tailwind. Mm. Um, you, know, another, you know what I mean? Like it's either yeah. something yep. that's a, a, aligning with what you're trying to do or it's fighting what you're trying to do. So mm. part of what I try to do is help organizations get clear on, you know, where they're trying to go and, and what kind of culture is going to support their, their, you know, the, their organization in trying to, you know, get them there. And then, you know, trying to help them figure out who do they need to be. Um, You know, let's look at our values. Let's look at the things that really drive culture and really try to get them aligned so that everybody's, you know, kind of rowing in the same direction and and the wind's at your back pushing you towards it where you want to go.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, you know, um, as I mentioned before we went live, um, you know, part of the reason I wanted to have a conversation with you is, in fact, your new book um, on conscious accountability. Now, I have to admit, initially, it was the title that got my attention. I'm sure you're glad to hear hmm. that. You know, the title works. <laughs> so it's uh, an right. attention grabber. It is definitely an attention grabber. But but as I started to read a bit about um, the book and what you were covering, it is um, the one of the uh, issues, as I'm sure you you know and have encountered, that a lot of le- leaders face. Um, it mm-hmm. is kind of the choice you make between who am I going to be as a leader? Um, and some people think that it's e- it's either or, that you, you have to be this way. Um, you know, I subscribe in a lot of ways to uh, the, you know, someone who's flexible and um, and a kind of situational leader. You have to have um, tools in your toolbox. Um, but in your, in your book, you talk about um, actually making decisions about um, how to become um, a leader um, kind of intentionally and deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, especially this idea of conscious accountability, Is that, is that close to also being like, just that you are intentional and deliberate about how you,
1: um, how you lead? That's, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, part of what we're saying with this idea of conscious accountability is that first of all, consciousness, awareness, um, that intentionality is, um, is it can be a game changer. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And it's, you know, the idea is that there's, there's a lot of things to be, to try to be aware about, right? Like, you know, be, being aware of yourself, being aware of what it is that, that you want, who you are, um, you know, what your impact is on other people. Um, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to, to be aware of there just with, what, with, with you know, with, what you're, with, with, with who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Why does it matter to you? Um, what do you stand for as a leader? But then also being aware of, of, of the other people and stakeholders that you're working with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, There's a lot to be said for, for really trying to have a better understanding of where other people who you're working with are coming from so that okay. you can figure out um, how to um, engage them in the most successful way. And th- the third thing to be conscious of is this idea of, what are the interdependencies that exist between myself or my organization and and others? Because, you know, whether we're aware of it or not, our actions and our inactions are having impact on other other folks. And so to the extent that we can become aware of when I do X, it's going to have, you know, Y and Z ripple effects on other people. Um, You know, becoming aware of those interdependencies just helps us Be able to make our intentions and kind of the impact that we have line up better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, you
0: know, well, you know, I I do have a question. I mean, everything you said makes a lot of sense, and um, I, I keep hearing from a lot of my colleagues in in universities and 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 development. Of units uh, in corporate America all over um, are saying that there's there's been a big shift um, post-pandemic. And mm. I know you talk about um, moving beyond traditional ways of engaging with your employees. And mm. I would love to hear you how, uh, just some, some examples of how um, that might happen in a post-pandemic world. How You have in that connect framework that you talk about how those actually apply now um, in this in this um, this this post pandemic world uh, that we live in. Um, But the second part of what the reason it interests me is that I talk to my colleagues and I know this is not yet resolved, so I'm kind of you know brainstorming this out with you. But what I One thing that that I recognize, and whether it is about different organizations that have to have uh, that have accountability structures in place, like accreditations, licensure, and what have you, that Mm -hmm. those goalposts have not moved for the most part. So they say, hey, you know, let's say it's a test. You have to score this number on the test. You have Mm -hmm. to spend x number of hours. Um, in your apprenticeship. And those, even though we were in a pandemic, those didn't change. However, right. um, a lot of employees, a lot of uh, 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 leaders even, um, their concept of what we should be doing and how we should work did change. And so mm. a lot of times they do not match up with what it takes to cross the goal line. Right, So there's things that you have to do and a certain kind of work. And for the most part, leaders who are saying to uh, the people they supervise, hey, we have to work like this in order to reach the goal, in order to, mm-hmm. be, to meet our our, our licensure uh, requirements or our accreditation requirements, our certification requirements. But they shift. So I'd love to hear, so how does this fit in to the shift that has occurred in real life organizations
1: right right um yeah it's 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 a really good question. I can't promise you I have you know the 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 ultimate um sure yeah. you know a- answer answer on this but but I do think that um let, let me let me tell you a little bit about um our, our framework that yeah. we, because what we do in this book is we, first of all, we talk a little bit about this different kind of accountability, which is really, um, you know, more f- focused both, not just on results and goalposts, but on relationships. And uh-huh. how do we, right? Like how do we up level and respect human relationships and, and grow them at the same time as you know, hopefully delivering excellent results. Um, so, so the shift on accountability isn't just about results, it's about relationships too. And it's, wow. and it's also, a, so that's sort of one differentiator. Another differentiator is we're looking at how do we always focus on learning and have a forward-looking approach to accountability, which which just asks who's responsible for making things better? Because a lot of times the question uh, when, when, when questions of accountability come up, it's something went wrong, and people are looking backwards and saying, um, you know, who's responsible? Like in more of a who's to blame kind of a way. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, you know, the concept of accountability um, rattles people a little bit because it's, it it makes it makes, it doesn't make people feel like it's a safe place to make mistakes or to learn.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: so um, conscious accountability invites. Uh, kind of a what can we learn conversation, um, and um, and so and the other the other differentiator w- with with our concept of, of accountability um, is that conscious accountability focuses on the team and on um, like it, and, and looks at accountability as always a shared endeavor. It's not something that's just solely up to the individual. Um, and so, um, so, but, but, and, but the way we think about creating this different kind of accountability is through something we call the connect framework, which are seven leadership practices that mm-hmm. any, and they're essentially skills that anyone can develop. Um, you know, we don't see people as being born accountable or not. Accountability right. is just, it's just something we're always working on. Um, mm-hmm. it's more like the journey and not the destination. um, mm-hmm. So, so I think, and the first practice that we talk about is clarity and, and creating clarity in terms of what are the goals and what are the expectations that we're holding of ourselves and one another. And so, you know, I think to your question, part of what, you know, this post-pandemic situation is calling for is, is sort of re-asking, the, you know, that question, you know, is coming back to clarity. What, mm-hmm. what are our goals and what are our expectations of how we need to be together and what we need to do in order to achieve them? And I think there, there you know, I think there are a lot of leaders at this point that are really, you know, re- rethinking things and and are, you know, in conversation, active conversations with people about, um, you know, what do we absolutely have to do in order to, um, you know, deliver on our our promises and and meet the expectations that that folks may have of us? But Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that we used to do just because we always did them that way that Mm -hmm. we can now maybe um, revisit? And see, is that necessary, or is there a new way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Is is this very similar to um, where I, I've I've often given advice, but I know many have talked about um, from an organizational point of view is making sure everyone understands our purpose um, mm. and. So, so I, for me, I, it makes a lot of sense where you say creating clarity, um, the, the question comes up around what. So, like, um, I, I heard a, a gentleman say once uh, speaking that when you know your why, your what uh, has more impact. And That's right. Um, yeah, I believe that. And so, so having clarity around, well, a number of things, and maybe that's what you're talking about, too, is that creating situations where clarity is, is everywhere around your purpose, around your, your strategy, um, mm-hmm. everything. Maybe that's, maybe that's it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and this gets into the next, actually, practice that we talk about, which is called op- – it's, um, it's the O in Connect, which is opening up engagement. And by that we mean um, what can leaders do to help build commitment um, in the folks around them, and as well as what can they do to create um, an environment where people feel psychologically safe to kind of bring and be um, themselves and give voice to everything that they, they need to say in order for the team to function as best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so when I was hearing you talk about, you know, purpose and the why to me that, yes, it speaks to clarity and being clear on that, but it also involves helping other people get clear on how, what they are doing connects mm-hmm. to that big why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think when you, when you align, cause a lot of times people, you know, they're doing, they're, they're doing something, but they may not really appreciate how what they are doing is really contributing um, to, to the mission or the vision or, or, you know, or where things are going. So it's incumbent upon leaders to do that because when that happens, it, it, it makes people feel like, ah, like I'm contributing to something that's bigger than me, um, something that matters. And it go, you go from something that's a bit more transactional like, oh, I'm just doing my work and I'm getting my paycheck or whatever, to something that's mm-hmm. more transformational. I mm-hmm. am part of something bigger than me that matters in some fashion. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes a so lot think, of sense. When
1: you can unlock that, you, you unlock a whole lot of motivation and energy um, and things that, you know, um, that's, uh, that's a huge um, source of potential for <laughs> For teams and organizations, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and then you have uh, the next
1: part of connect is nailing it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So that's that's simply just you know doing what you say you'll do, delivering on you know making your words and your actions match, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, and it sounds easy enough, but you know it you know it, it. it's, it's often difficult when when we face you know um, kind of pop up priorities and 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 things that create changes on you know as we go um, you know you know sometimes you know priorities shift or things things happen and come up and get in the way and it can be sometimes difficult um, to nail it. So um, so how do we figure out how how to um, make clear priorities and and have like um, contingencies when if if things should kind of pop up and that threaten to take us off course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you know if, if we want to keep on rolling, we've got the next yeah. practice is noticing. Yeah, and and that in some ways is is another piece where conscious awareness up levels our capacity to create accountability because. We talk about noticing as while we're working together with other people, while we're in the process of trying to nail it, we may notice, um, you know, a host of reactions or things that we're seeing. Um, We may notice and have observations about other people that we're working with. And, And how do we kind of bring those observations forward in a way that kind of allows us to check in with other people and create an opportunity for course correction if need be um, as we're working together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so many times people like will will just kind of delegate something and then assume it's done and then they'll get surprised when, you know, lo and behold, you know, someone else on their team, you know, didn't quite understand what they were doing or or there was some miscommunication or maybe they didn't have the resources that they needed and so um, a simple kind of check-in mid-course direction, hey, h- how's it going? Uh, how are we doing on that? Um, can can make the difference between whether or not we actually um, get the thing done or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the relationship, too. Yeah. Yeah. Go no. ahead. Go ahead. So, so from there... Then the, you know a couple more practices, um, and which I'll just go through quickly. The E is exchanging feedback. And the idea here is that in order for us to grow and learn, we have to have feedback. Um, mm-hmm. the the thing The thing that we cannot know about ourselves is the impact that we're having on someone else, and we cannot get that without feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, and this is this is really important for leaders and their learning and, and teams. But I find it's the thing that people are often most challenged by. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, um, well, let me, and, let me tell yeah. you, I just got a
0: um, a message on the message board uh, from a listener um, who said that um, um, I I can't connect on that level um, uh, regarding um, the employee feeling like they are part of something bigger. Um, I will go above and beyond for a client simply because I think morally I should or I feel mm. I should, but for the job, I won't, if that makes sense. So hmm. um, what, what's your response to that? I, I, I'm curious because um, for me, I'd start thinking, well, maybe it's because you haven't had um, and it wouldn't be unusual for people to go through most of their careers and working lives without like really exceptional
1: leaders that they've experienced. Yes. I think that's right. Um, you know, and, and I think it also, you know, depends on, on individuals, right? Like people are, are motivated or, you know, are driven by a variety of different, different things. Um, and there's some, you know, there's a lot of it, you know, some individual differences there, but, um, but it, it, it also may be that, you know, the leaders, haven't you know really made the extra effort to lay out how what folks are doing connects to um, to to some compelling purpose um, that you know that is uh, consequential in some way that mm-hmm. that um, and and so and you know um, and I think when leaders take the time to do that and and to make that clear to folks. Um, again, it, it clarifies, um, you know, what we're doing and, 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 again, gives people a sense that no matter what job we're doing in this organization, we're all doing it for this reason, um, uh-huh. which, can, which can be, um, you know, motivating. I, I was talking with one of my clients recently who came up with a, with a purpose statement, and, and she was saying that, um, you know, Disney – has this purpose around making people happy, and and it made her you know kind of go back and think what is our purpose, and you know she came up with with a, a very clear, simple, like elegantly simple purpose for her organization, and you know I think it's going to go a long way to kind of unifying people and helping them, um, you know again have a, a a much clearer sense of why they're doing what they're doing in in mm-hmm. a bigger sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then claiming it, claiming it—that's taking responsibility for the results, right? Um, mm-hmm. Owning the Great. results. So you know whether whether it's a success, um, you know, sharing that success with other people, um, and um, and if it's a failure, um, claiming that as well, um, and 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 owning you know your part in it as a leader and but with always with a lens towards learning um Mm -hmm. and i think like an example of this is like you know after action reviews um are something i'm a big fan of in terms of um you know teams taking the time to just reflect on you know on on how they did on whatever it was a project a meeting um how do we do this quarter whatever it might be and and looking at what do we do well um what did, we, what did we think that we didn't do as well? And what do we want to do um, next time? What do we want to keep? What do we want to try differently? A um, mm-hmm. couple of simple questions to kind of orient people on how to do the last practice, which is to try again. Um, and that's the T. And that's really about, um, you know, we're thinking about this as the long game um, we, and thinking about how do we get better over time. And so part of that is, No matter what our performance was in any given um, instance, um, you know we learn and get better together over time when we try again. Uh, So, um, okay, that's 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 the full framework.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating, and I think great points you've made here. I did have one other question come through on the message board about um, how do you how do you uh, claim um, success. Um, without coming off as bragging or being arrogant, um, that um, and I I know that there sometimes people all they all they do is claim the success, but don't claim the failures too. So I, I know you were saying um, that stood out for me is that claim claim your results.
1: That's right. You know, I think first of all, even even in the case of successes, there's always things that are often things that, you know, people can do to, um, you know, improve. So just because we succeeded didn't mean that there's nothing to learn or change in the future. Um, And um, so I think there's a way to do that with, um, you know, with a learning focus. It's sort of like, again, if we win, if we succeed, if we lose, if we fail – um, there's always something to learn. So if you have a learning orientation, you, do, you you get you neither get too flustered or down with the with the failures, and you don't necessarily get as uh, you know you know uh, puffed up by the by the victories. Um, they're just you know successive attempts at doing what you do. Um, I also think that um, you know to the extent that you share the um, to, you know, the, use use success as an opportunity to highlight and raise uh, the the team. Um, mm-hmm. I think that can help avoid um, being perceived as as, as arrogant. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that it's 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 you know it's it's how you do it, you know, it's, yeah. and how you how you say it, right? That makes that makes a difference. Absolutely.
0: Well, David, this has been great. I'd love for you to share. I know there are a lot of people, including myself, to hear um, uh, uh, how to follow you, where to locate you. you have any social media handles or podcasts that you do, or anything that you'd like to share? uh, Please do.
1: Thanks so much for that. So um, I think the the best way to to stay connected is on LinkedIn. Um, So I'm David C. Tate uh and you can find me on linkedin and i'm happy to connect uh with with folks and um you know again our website is consciousgrowthpartners.com um if folks want to learn a little bit more about um you know what we're up to um on that platform that's another place to go
0: excellent thank you so much i really appreciate you agreeing to come on um it's been great i you you certainly added a lot um, to me today uh, with this framework, Connect, um, and I appreciate the conversation. I know people kind of eavesdropping in today um, are going to jump in and start listening and reading your work as well, and so I appreciate you. I know you're in New Haven, so until next time I'm in New Haven, um, hopefully we'll cross paths again, um, but until I then, love go... that. yes, yes, absolutely, but until then, go well, stay well.
1: Thanks so much. You too.